That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Every day, millions take to the internet to find love, a date, or just a hookup. While many encounters become exciting new relationships, some become devastating dates with death. I'm about to tell you the story of one such deadly online connection. Welcome to I Met My Murderer Online. I'm Patricia Brown, but you can call me Patches. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. On January 31st, 2017, Connor Day, Cody Virgin's cousin and confidant, fears that the worst has happened to her cousin and called the sheriff's department to report that Cody has gone missing. Cody Virgin, a 25-year-old living in Arizona with his girlfriend, Natalie. Both of them worked together at the La Palma Correctional Facility in Illinois, Arizona. Cody worked as a correctional officer since 2015 after graduating from Arizona State University. Cody was always a hard worker. This is journalist Joe Gardner. His mother died when he was just nine years old, so he really had no choice but to take control of his life. At 18 years old, he started working full-time at a local prison during the night shift while going to school during the day. He seemed like a resilient kid. This is law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong. Prison work is very hard. And being a student at the same time, oh yeah, he had to be hardworking. It is at the La Palma Correctional Facility where he would meet Natalie. Like many couples, they love to share their lives on Facebook, posting pictures of themselves together. They had a love for road trips to Vegas, and they would always wait excitedly for the next Marvel movie. Everything was going great in Cody's life until Paige Woods enters his online world. Cody receives a friend request from a woman named Paige Woods. He doesn't recognize the name, but notices that he has several mutual friends and accepts the request. It's always dangerous to accept invitations online. But for a lot of people, seeing that you have mutual friends, even if they're complete strangers, seems to be enough to put people at ease. While having mutual friends with somebody on Facebook is kind of ideal when strangers are first connecting, it can also offer sort of a false sense of security. 
It's always recommended to be super cautious when establishing a connection with someone online because once you're friends with them, they have access to everything. Your posts, your family, your friends, your photos. Despite having what seems to be a fun and exciting relationship with Natalie, Cody begins to flirt with Paige. Over the next four months, the two get to know each other through Messenger on Facebook. And in January of 2017, Paige proposes that they finally meet in person. There are always safety concerns when it comes to moving an online relationship into the real world. You may think you know a person on the other side of that text, but it often gives people a false sense of security. To be fair, Cody seemed like the kind of a guy who could take care of himself. I mean, he worked at a correctional facility, so he was used to dealing with tough characters. And he seemingly had mutual friends with this person. So from his perspective, why not pursue it? Paige suggests a meeting place and sends Cody a Google Maps location. But the location Paige sends is in a dangerous part of Arizona. Pinnell County. This area has been known for human trafficking, drug smuggling, and missing persons. This is a dangerous proposition. Even for a man with law enforcement training like Cody, with a law enforcement background, when meeting someone for the first time, it's highly recommended to meet somewhere in public. Paige's suggestion was secluded, dark, and on top of that, a cell phone dead spot. Bad idea. Women are taught at a very young age, either from parents, society, or school, that it's unsafe for them to go out alone at night. Now, this type of precaution is a little less obvious with guys, but stranger danger should apply to everybody, regardless of gender, age, or experience. Cody agrees to meet, and Paige suggests that he comes out to a bonfire in the desert. On January 30th, 2017, Cody lets his cousin Connor know where he's headed and sets off to meet Paige. Cody tells Connor everything, even that it might turn into cheating on his girlfriend, Natalie. He never mentioned a name. He just said, I'm going to go to this bonfire in Arizona City with this girl. This is far from the most ideal way to meet someone for the first time. But letting someone know where you're going is a good habit for those who enjoy the online dating lifestyle. For good reason, it's pretty common for people who meet others online to keep those interactions private. And people tend to use different personas online, and having that exposed to the world scares a lot of people. Thankfully for Cody's family, Connor and Cody didn't keep secrets from each other. Connor wakes up and there is no message from Cody. She waits until late afternoon and still no word from Cody. After he doesn't show up to work, she calls the sheriff's department. This online flirtation turned into the worst case scenario. Where was Cody? And who exactly was Paige Woods? On January 31st, 2017, Connor Day, Cody Virgin's cousin and confidant, fears that the worst has happened to her cousin and called the sheriff's department to report that Cody has gone missing. It was Border Patrol. Border Patrol found a vehicle abandoned in the desert. This is Pinnell County Sheriff Mark Lamb. You know, it's cactus, it's uh, sagebrush, washes, and and nothing, uh, no big pine trees, no big trees like that. So a vehicle like that might stand out from a little ways or at least look a little out of place. Border Patrol goes out, obviously they're in the deserts all the time, looking for people coming into this country illegally. And they just happened to stumble across this vehicle. Uh, door open, very suspicious. Missing person cases 
can be a grueling process for law enforcement. But since Connor reported it in a timely manner and knew where Cody should have been at what time, their chances of finding him are much higher. And the fact that Cody was also in law enforcement, there was an added sense of duty to find him. We get people that will call in missing people all the time. And typically on a missing person, it's a case by case. So you're going to look at it, whether they are elderly, maybe there's some mental health issues involved. Those would be easier to list as a missing person. An average person that goes missing, let's say you're an adult and you just go missing. That's not that, that, that won't always rise to the cause for listing them as a missing person because um, you can disappear as, a, as, a, as an adult and there's nothing against the law on that. Um, and we have that happen. We'll have spouses that just up and disappear. So then what we start to look at is, are there reasons for him to disappear? Would the, is this normal? Is this normal behavior? In this particular case, the droplets of blood, the way that the vehicle was left, there was enough suspicious um, things going on there, enough, like I said, foul play, appearance of foul play, that we did list it as a missing person. So it's really a case-by-case basis. In this particular case, uh, we felt like there was enough to list him as a missing person. We got a bulletin of a missing person. I believe it was on a Monday. And this whole case kind of played out over a week. This is Kevin Reagan, former reporter for the Casa Grande Dispatch newspaper. Initially, the bulletin was just 25-year-old Casa Grande resident is missing, um, be on the alert. And that was kind of it. I remember um, not initially paying a lot of attention to Cody Virgin. I think I was kind of distracted by other things that were happening that day. But then um, as the days went on, there were more developments that kept happening. Police set out to the location that Paige had sent Cody. But Cody himself is nowhere to be found. They find what looks like tire tracks that have attempted to be covered with a shovel, indicating that Cody has indeed met someone. Sheriff Lamb describes the scene. It looked like they had done some uh, sweeping away or raking around the vehicle of the footprints. And then we saw some blood droplets there, too. Reporter Kevin Reagan says he joined Cody's family in their search for Cody. I did, because the family, they tried to do a search party to find Cody in the first few days. Um, They went out into the desert, and I went out there with them uh, one of those days, and we kind of just hung around. I remember outside of the gas station as they were trying to figure out where to go look for him, and I spent a couple hours just kind of roaming around, talking to friends and relatives of his. And um, yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of shock and awe of how and why this happened. They couldn't understand who would want to do this to him. Um, He seemed like a very friendly, down-to-earth, kind of a nerdy kid. Um, You know, he's really into comic books and video games, kind of the standard thing 25-year-olds would be into. Um, And they all just... Um, just seemed at a loss for what happened and couldn't understand why anybody would want to hurt him. Cody's family is desperate for any hint as to where he might be. So they reach out to this mysterious Paige Woods, hoping that she might have more insight. But instead of Paige Woods, they find Brittany James. So Paige Woods, if there really was such a person, 
had changed her name to Brittany James, and all the photos and friends that were associated with the account were gone. Given this extremely suspicious behavior, this started looking more like a possible suspect trying to cover their own tracks. The profile would soon be completely deleted, giving more credit to the idea that this mysterious person had something to do with Cody's disappearance. I'm Patricia Patches-Brown. More of our story in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Cody Virgin is a missing person, and now so is Paige Woods, if there ever was a Paige Woods. Law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong. With suspicious behavior like that, finding the person behind the Paige Woods Facebook account becomes top priority. But it doesn't take long to find the hands behind the keyboard. Police linked the deleted Facebook page to a William Randolph, a 26-year-old living in Arizona. But what motivated this man in his 20s to catfish Cody and lure him out into the desert? Cody's family has a pretty good guess. Journalist Joe Gardner. Most murder victims are killed by people they know or are otherwise connected with in some way. In this case, it seemed like Cody was targeted. William Randolph was Natalie's ex-husband, the same Natalie who shared an apartment with Cody. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used Police arrest Randolph due to his conflicting accounts of where he was on January 30th, the night Cody went missing. But what pushed this man to carry out an elaborate plot to lure out Cody? This was beginning to look a lot like a case of a jealous ex. With Cody out of the picture, Randolph believed he had a chance at getting back with his ex-wife. Could Natalie have been giving Randolph false hope in rekindling their marriage? Or had Randolph operated alone, creating his own delusions of grandeur? While the family found it hard to believe that Natalie had nothing to do with Cody's disappearance, it should be noted that Natalie delivered an order of protection against Randolph. In Arizona, this is equivalent to a restraining order preventing Randolph from committing domestic violence or even contacting Natalie. When arresting Randolph, he claims his truck had broken down and that he had no idea where he left it. Police put out an APB and find it almost immediately. Cody is still nowhere to be found, but the police declared that this was now being treated as a homicide case and that the truck had been used during the commission of a homicide. According to friends of Randolph, he'd exhibited some pretty strange behavior right after Cody's disappearance. One friend claimed he wanted to go buy bleach for his car because he knew if police find Cody's body, they'd be suspicious of him. And another friend said that Randolph had contacted him on January 31st about hiding a pair of tires, which seemed kind of random, but apparently those tires matched the tire tracks the police found at the scene. It was clear Randolph was hiding something and on edge. Law enforcement on the online side of the investigation discovered that the Paige Woods account was made with a phone number belonging to Randolph. A 
After questioning him again, Randolph admits to creating the fake profile to contact Cody. He even goes on to admit that he had invited him out to the bonfire. He claims his intention was to lure Cody out and trap him in his vehicle. Police don't buy it. And they still need to find Cody. Now that they know for sure that Randolph was involved in some way. They use his cell phone to find where he had been that night. A few days later, a charred body is found in a fresh bonfire. Coming up next, what happened to Cody that night? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On February 4th, 2017, Sheriff Mark Lamb says police helicopters spot charred remains of what used to be a fresh bonfire. We spent days and days We did not give up. Our people did a really good job of continuing to search. You know, whenever you're in the desert looking for something, you're always looking for something that's out of place. So anytime you're flying over or you're search and rescue, you're just looking for things that are out of place in the desert. And luckily, you know, they found something that they thought was out of place. And I think it had been five, six days, maybe. Um, But it had been several days. And we were fortunate enough, uh, because of their diligence, to be able to locate Cody. The body is so charred that they're unable to confirm the identity on the spot. But after analyzing the remains, including a pair of shoes and some jewelry, dental records, they were able to conclude it was, in fact, Cody. Police also discovered that Cody died by a fatal shot to the head prior to being burned. This must have been incredibly difficult for Cody's family. Finally finding him after almost a week of desperate searching and horrified at what they found. Police now focus on Randolph as the murderer. While Randolph has yet to confess to murdering Cody, police are able to put together what had led to this tragedy. Four months prior to Cody's death, William Randolph comes up with the plan to get revenge on his ex-wife's new lover. Law enforcement expert Eldridge Armstrong Natalie was said to have still talked to Randolph after the divorce, even having hung out with Cody's family on one occasion. But after police look further into their online interactions, they conclude that Natalie played no part in Cody's murder. But while Natalie did not share any blame, there's no doubt she was Randolph's motivation for his actions. Over the next four months, Randolph would flirt with Cody as Paige Woods, befriending him and gaining his trust. Yes, it's extremely unfortunate that Cody chose to cheat on Natalie. And sometimes interactions online are sort of thought of as separate from reality, sort of devoid of consequence and easy to hide from those around us. In January 2017, Randolph must have believed that Cody was far enough into his trap, that he would agree to meet in person. Randolph claims that his intention had been to strand Cody in the desert, somehow trapping him in his car. He tells Cody that there is a bonfire gathering on January 30th and that they should meet there. Randolph would often go off-roading and have bonfires, so he clearly chose a spot he was familiar with. 
Cody would fall for the trap heading out to a dangerous area, known for human trafficking, drug smuggling, and missing persons all by himself. This could have been a fatal decision for any number of reasons. In an area with no cell service, even an unintended accident could have led to someone's death. If Cody had never told his cousin Connor he was out there, we probably never found him. According to police, Cody arrives at the given location only to find 26-year-old William Randolph prepared to kill him. Cody is shot in the head and Randolph loads his body into his own car, leaving Cody's at the scene. Randolph will drive to another location where he would build a bonfire in order to get rid of Cody's body. So far, Randolph has yet to admit to murdering Cody. With his court date being continually pushed back due to experts needing more time to go over the reports? Amazing. Police then believe that after trying a number of different ways to hide his truck, he ends up abandoning it in hopes that police are unable to recover it for evidence. But his effort is for not when police not only find the truck, but also traces of blood that match Cody's. After processing the vehicle, Pennell County Sheriff Mark Lamb was ready to make a statement. At this time, we are treating this as a homicide, and we are looking, continuing to look for uh, Mr. Cody Virgin. A search of Randolph's residence also reveals blood on his boots, again matching Cody's. Luckily, it wouldn't be too long after that Cody's body would be found putting the search to rest. Finally, William Randolph is sent to the Penal County Adult Detention Center, where he'll await his trial. His bail originally set at 500000 upon his arrest, rises to a million after the discovery of Cody's charred and burnt body. Cody's brother, Tony Voigts. I can only imagine how scared he was or what he was going through when he knew, like, what was going on. After discovering Cody's fate, his family reminisced about how he was a light in their lives and that he didn't deserve what happened to him. Now they direct their attention on those responsible. Connor would speak at the funeral, recalling the last time she had seen her cousin alive. He wrapped his arm around me and he hugged me tight and he said, he said, cousin, I don't know what I would do if I ever lost you. They would both express how grateful they were for each other and that they would be lost without one another. The funeral celebrated Cody's life, but also vowed justice would be served. Even though Randolph admits to creating the fake Facebook accounts, he continues to deny murdering Cody. And the family just isn't buying it. They and the prosecution are pursuing the harshest sentence, which in Arizona is the death penalty. This crime from the very beginning was characterized by police and prosecutors as just being very calculated and very cold. They portrayed William as somebody who planned this out over the course of several months and ultimately to lead up to Cody being murdered. Um, And even after the murder, there was immediate signs of him trying to cover up the crime. He allegedly asked his family members to try and get witnesses not to talk about this case. Um, And so that, you know, 
it kind of goes into the sinister aspects of this suspect. You know, this wasn't a case of somebody just getting into a fight with somebody and a gun going off accidentally. Um, this was something that was very carefully planned out um, in several different steps to the plan. And even after he was caught, he was still trying to calculate how to cover it up. But for Cody's family, Randolph isn't the only one at fault. As the victim's girlfriend and the potential murderer's ex-wife, many people, including Cody's brother Tony, suspect that Natalie may have played a bigger role than she led on. Cody's girlfriend, Natalie, is not directly involved, but she was definitely communicating with William behind Cody's back and gave him some type of false hope that maybe he would be able to be back with her again. And so that drove William to do things that are just unimaginable to Cody. Journalist Joe Gardner. Cody's family definitely believed Natalie must have had access to his Facebook account and knew what was going on between Cody and this imaginary Paige Woods. After the funeral, Natalie posted on Facebook herself that, quote, people can talk, it's not going to bring me down. But at the same time, when she spoke at the funeral, she said she understood that some people need to blame her for what happened. Reporter Kevin Reagan attended Cody's service. I remember her making a statement that was kind of um, apologetic. I think there were a lot of rumors going around about how she was involved um, because it was her ex-husband. So there were a lot of questions about um, what she knew, if she knew anything. And of course, she was never criminally charged with anything, so she's never been um, officially accused of any wrongdoing, so that should be made very clear. Um, She seemed very mournful. Um, She very much cared about Cody. And I think in her statement, she, I think, you know, was trying to apologize for um, dragging this domestic violence situation into Cody's life, um, which is, I think, kind of what happened. You know, it was this case of a couple splitting up and the ex-husband not liking who his spouse was, you know, and in a relationship with. So it was uh, very unfortunate. And she seemed uh, genuinely upset that uh, she kind of got Cody um, unintentionally, it seemed like, dragged into this. Natalie would even be harassed by Randolph despite the protective order in place. Randolph would contact family members from jail to harass his ex-wife, which would lead to a separate charge of aggravated harassment. With true crime being such a hot topic for news outlets and podcasts, there's always a lot of speculation that goes on with attention being put on relationships the victims may have had. And while it's true that most victims are killed by people they know, these accusations can still be very hurtful to those being wrongfully accused. But with police finding no evidence that Natalie knew about the night Cody went missing, it is highly unlikely that Natalie will see a date in court. In the meantime... Randolph's trial will continue to be put off. Reporter Kevin Reagan says Cody's case captivated the community of Casa Grande from the very beginning. Cody um, was from there. He went to high school there. He had a lot of family who lived in that community. When he went missing, 
there was a lot of interest in trying to figure out what happened to him. There was, you know, a lot of people were reading the stories we were writing about him. Um, so he seemed to be somebody who touched the community in various ways. And the, what, what happened to him, it was so unfortunate and so strange. Um, I've never really covered a case like this before or since of something that seems so calculated um, and the way the whole case was carried out, um, you know, going to a remote location in the desert and then moving the body and then trying to cover up the crime. Um, there were so many different aspects of the case that were very captivating. Um, I don't think they'd ever really seen a crime quite like this before in the digital age of somebody using technology uh, to hurt someone in such a sinister and unnecessary way. Um, yeah, I think this is a case that people in the community will remember for a long time to come. And I think there's still a lot of interest to see how it gets resolved in the courts. Randolph's trial was originally set for April 29th, 2019. As a first-degree murder trial, prosecutors estimated it would last around 10 weeks given the amount of evidence. But the defense claims that they need more time to examine the 14,000 pages of evidence. A trial date has yet to be set. It isn't uncommon for trials like these to be pushed back for years. But for a family ready for answers and justice, it can be extremely difficult and disheartening. After being put through the unthinkable, Cody's family must continue to fight for justice. A justice that can only come from convicting and sentencing Cody's murderer. Whether or not Randolph is convicted of murdering Cody, Cody was a victim of Randolph's jealousy. But Cody's cousin, Connor Day, says jealousy is no excuse. Like how could you take such a beautiful person from us all because you were jealous? You took my best friend away from me. You took a son, you took a brother, you took a cousin, you took an uncle, you took one of the best people that's on this planet. Kevin Reagan says that although he was covering Cody's murder as a reporter, it was a story that affected him personally. I, I really related to this whole story from the very beginning because Cody, he and I were the same age when this happened. And I'm somebody who grew up on the internet, meeting people on the internet. And it was very much a lesson for me personally about um, never really knowing who you're talking to. And even if, you know, Cody went out there to meet somebody who he had not met before in person. And he was now going to a very remote location in the desert to meet up with this person. And that's just a very risky thing to do. And I think, you know, all young people should just be a little bit more careful with whoever they're talking to online, even if it seems like somebody they can trust, if they're very friendly, you know, as soon as they start asking things from you, asking you to meet someplace, always do it in a place that's public with other people during the day. Yeah, it's um, very unfortunate, very tragic thing that happened to Cody. Um, but hopefully the people who learn about this case, you know, can learn to be a little more vigilant about who they interact with online. 
Randolph's jealousy drove him to abuse technology and lure Cody into a trap. According to Sheriff Mark Lamb, technology and social media has been a double-edged sword for law enforcement in this case. It's actually increased the ability for criminals to perpetrate crimes, whether it's fraud, catfishing, sex predators, child predators. We've seen an increase in all of those, uh, the ugly side of, of what humans are capable of. And uh, unfortunately, we see it on, on a daily basis, whether it's rape, uh, any of those things. We also are, it, we have used it as a great tool. I mean, fortunately, criminals aren't always the smartest. And so they will also leave tracks on social media and, and on their phones and GPS and, and these types of things. So there's good and bad with it. We use it as a, as a tool, a key tool in trying to help us solve crimes. And it's been, uh, you know, it, it, it tends to be what, what breaks the crime loose sometimes. And uh, they do have play a part in this case. But it also it is, it's a playground for criminals. Cody believed he had befriended Paige Woods, but in reality, he met his murderer online. I'm Patricia Patches-Brown. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.